What's shaking? Hey, I'm Rick Jordan, and today we're going all in. I've got an amazing guest today, Yuri Elkame. What's welcome to the show? Did I pronounce your last name right? I forgot to ask you beforehand, man. Before we hit record, no, 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 dude, yeah, it's it's perfect. You got it. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, Rick. My yeah. brother, thank you for coming on. And I feel like we just got to know each other really well in about two minutes before we hit the record button. You know, you're New York Times bestselling author, which is awesome. CEO of Healthpreneur. You have two McLarens in your driveway, which we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit too, just because it's amazing. I almost bought one, but instead I chose an Aston a couple years back. And you're featured in Forbes and Entrepreneur, seen on the Dr. Oz show and the doctors. Dude, you're impressive. And I love it. And I hope we can inspire some people today. Can you help me do that? Yeah, thank you. And I, I want to preface this by saying like all that stuff, it's, it's, it's meaningless, right? Like I'm like, it's, I want, I want people to understand that like all that stuff is there, there are trophies along the way, if you will. But what I'm more excited about is like who I am as a person in the journey and more importantly, how I can impact other people to become better versions of themselves as well. And I, you know, if we can enjoy the, if we can enjoy the ride might as well. Right. I love that, man. That's a great perspective to look at that. You know, I just had a, I'm in Bloomberg, you know, Newsmax, Fox, all that all the time. And I just had my first article featured in Entrepreneur just literally a couple days ago. And I kind of had the same feeling, you know, when it was published, it was like, this is awesome to be able to shove up on the the media page of my website, you know, and put it out there. But then it's like, what what am I going to do with it? How can I use this to help some more people? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean... It's funny because when I was on Dr. Oz, that was 2014. That's, man, it's, it's like, holy cow, eight years ago. My, I had been in business for eight years at that point, more in like the health and nutrition side of things. And I remember my dad's side of the family, they're like, oh my God, I just saw you on Dr. Oz. You must be doing really well. And I was like, that was like, for them, that was the thing that said I was doing well. You know, I'm like, that is meaningless, right? It's, it's nice, but you know, everything else before that is almost more, you know, more meaningful, but it's just funny. That's, you know, as people, you know, Oh, as seen on, as seen in stuff like that, it opens some doors. It opens people's minds a bit. Um, but you know, I think we both know there's, there's more meaningful things. There is. Yeah, for sure. And right before we, we dove into this, you know, we were talking about how you said you love coming into shows and not knowing what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. my most favorite thing too. You know, I, my team does really well, man. They, they prepare some questions for me and everything, which I get to maybe a quarter of the time <laughs> that, we, that we record the shows. It, it's the best. And I was speaking at, a, at an event where Gary V was headlining just the other day. And one of the people that was on the panel I was on said and said, Hey, can we have some questions to repair, please? And I really appreciated the response of the of the moderator coming back and saying, you know what? Every time that I've put out questions beforehand, I've regretted it because then the guests end up just tailoring the responses only to those, and they actually don't get deep. They don't get real. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's the. I mean, for here, we wouldn't be all in if that was the case. If this was completely scripted. But then yeah. the second thing, think, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, I think like it's when you know your stuff, like you can talk about it at will forever. You know, it's not like I need like a teleprompter in front of me to prepare me for the answer I'm about to give you. It's if I can't speak to my, you know, own stuff, I mean, I shouldn't be here in the first place. Right. Yeah. I hear you. And that's how, you know, it's a real passion too, because it's, you live and breathe it every single day. And you can tell that because it, it, 
most of the people in the circles that I speak with on stages, they, they don't use notes, right? They don't use a, a confidence monitor or anything like that. Even when I yeah. present, I, when I have my talks, I really don't have slides. You know, I'll have stuff that'll go up there, but it'll be almost for just like transition points. And it'll just be general imagery because mm -hmm. I know what I'm talking about. And that's the, the the way to start with these things too. Now we're giving talking tips too. See, we we don't we we have no agenda today, everybody. We just want to yeah. help everybody and, and go down that route because that's why we exist. And there's something you mentioned. So I, I keep saying I'm going to do a, a solo show around speaking, right? Because that translates into stages. That translates into podcasts, which is in essence a stage. It translates into media. You know, I'm sure you've uh, you've been seen on the Dr. Oz show, so you've been on video media, large video media, as I have too. And they're seemingly different skill sets until you recognize that they're all really the same as long as you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And the it's only reason, yeah, exactly. That's exactly Huge. what it is yeah. for sure, man. Yeah. So you've communicated, at least you've helped more than 500,000 people to better health, which is amazing. You know, and it's uh, how do you do that? You know, was what. I guess, could we start here? What sure. is the meaning of better health to you? So meaning of better health is being in a position where you can pursue other things that really matter to you because you don't have to worry about your health, right? Like to the man who has great health, they have many wishes. To the person who has poor health, they have one wish, which is better health. So I think when you're in good health, regardless of your age, it's just something that you don't have to worry about. And it frees up your mental energy, your bandwidth to do other things, whether it's build a business or pursue other passions. But at the same time, like I, I can't even imagine an existence for me personally where I'm not active because it's just been part of my life since I was like two. I mean, I played soccer growing up and I was obsessed with it. And I was always very active. And even to this day, I mean, I feel my best when I am active. I feel best when I'm sweating. And for like, for me, you know, your producer Adam was just asking me like what I had planned for the weekend. And I'm like, my plan for the weekend, I have a very simple life. I'm going to go for a bike ride later. I'm going to hang out with the kids. I'm going to do some gardening. I'm going to go walk in the woods. Like for me, that's, there's nothing else I'd rather do. Like, I'm not going to go to like the clubs and the restaurants. I, you know, I lived that life in the past and, it has its place. But I think for me, better health is just having, it's almost like financial freedom. It's the ability to choose, the ability to choose how you want to spend your time, what you want to do with it, what you want to do with your life and not being like, oh, my back is, you know, or my foot is, or I can't, I'm too tired. That's not even part of the conversation. So for me, that's what better health is. That's awesome, man. You know, I, I used to think, and maybe we can go into this topic a little bit too, because you're I had a conversation with an individual. It was just two days ago and it was at a restaurant. I, I spoke at this event in the industry event and the entire event team ended up showing up the same restaurant I was having dinner at, you know, which was awesome. We were able to, to yeah. get some drinks for him. And as we're talking, he's like, man, you did a, it's ironic because I had these to show my team today because at the event I won two awards, right? Nice. One is, uh, one is best on stage presentation, which at this circuit of events has been uh, very similar. You know, I've, I've gotten these several times, but this is the first time that I was voted best in show. Uh, and so it was, 
it was interesting. You know, I, I brought these back because I want to share these vi these with my team as the victories because they make the events happen, man. You know, for mm -hmm. me to to speak at these things. And what's best is I I was told it was like you went best in show, but you didn't even sell anything. That's like the real beauty of it. So we see the producer of the show uh, of the events at dinner and. He's like, man, today was big wins for you and everything. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, let me buy your team a drink. And he goes, oh, I'm not drinking. And I'm like, oh, well, what's going on? You know, and I've had a weight loss journey, 90 pounds, you know, many years ago. Wow. And same thing, you know, and I have, I've had like deathbed type health scares to where I only had that one wish was to, was for better health in that moment. Yeah. And I'm looking at him because for the longest time, and I know I'm monologuing here, so st stay with me for the longest time. After I dropped the weight and after I got really healthy and very fit, I would look around and not, not understand the mentality of those who didn't want to make the change because for me, the change was just instantaneous. I mean, I, I recognized the truth of where I was and the truth is always a good place to start because the truth is the truth. And the very mm -hmm. next day is when I started that health journey. You know, so it was just an instantaneous awesome. decision. And I felt it was the real decision not to lose weight, not to, you know, do all these other things. It was to just be healthy, you know, and everything else became a subset of being healthy. So for the longest time, I didn't understand why other people couldn't just make that snap decision or why when they, because prior to that, I didn't have anything in my face telling me I was doing anything wrong. But then when I started seeking the knowledge, I recognized that I was doing everything wrong. Mm -hmm. And I never understood that for people that have had the knowledge shoved in their face and they still don't make a change. But now I've geared more towards compassion. And this individual, yeah. he's like, you know, he's at 280 right now, which is where I was, you know, before I got done. He's like, I want to get down to 245. I just want to get down to a size 40 in my pants, you know. And, and I'm like, originally two years ago, three years ago, I would have been like, dude, keep going. You know, that's, a, that's not, I asked him one question. What's your ideal weight? He's like 245. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's not really your ideal weight, but yeah. that's what you can see as your ideal weight right now. And so I'm like, dude, go for it, you know, because that's like the first step. If that's all you can see right now, go hit it and hit it hard. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think I've worked with a lot of people. So both like initially my first business on the health side and now it's entrepreneurs and health and people are people, right? We say we want certain things yeah. and then we don't achieve them. And I've always been fascinated by this because I've caught myself in that too. It's like, I set a goal and I don't achieve it. I get close, but not quite. And it's happened many times in my life. And I'm asking myself, why is that? And I think there's two reasons. Number one is maybe there's a gap in know-how, in which case you can seek knowledge, mentorship, et cetera. But I think the bigger problem, and this is what, which was my issue. And I think honestly, most people's issue is it's a seven out of 10. It's not a 10 out of 10 must. It's like for things that are an absolute must, we'll run through a brick wall. And, and maybe you hit your rock bottom moments, which was like, all right, this is changing now. And maybe that other individual was not quite there yet, right? And I think we all have different rock bottoms. Someone, it could be, you know, they could be 500 pounds and they're still not at the rock bottom. Whereas someone else who's five pounds overweight is like, that's it, this stops today, right? And it's all relative, <laughs> but I think looking at, that is very fascinating for me personally, because I think our standards dictate so much of what we do or don't do in life. You know, someone who has a billion dollar business might be like, it's been a terrible year versus someone else who's making a hundred thousand dollars. Like, oh my God, I wish I could be there. Right. So it's just interesting to see how like relativity and our standards and like rock bottom moments, you know, can really propel us to doing stuff versus just being status quo. Because I think like living in North America is amazing. It's a blessing. 
it's also a curse. I, I can't even believe I'm saying that, but mediocrity, like things being okay, that's a disease, is a very hard place to live. That's a disease, right? dude. Mediocrity is it's, the biggest disease. Seriously, oh that my is God. the biggest pandemic. And that's very challenging. And I remember when I was when I was 17, I was invited to play um, the training a training camp with Sao Paulo Football Club in, in Brazil. And I remember spending a few weeks down there and I'll never forget sitting beside these guys <clears throat> on the way to training. And these are guys who are like 17, 18, about to go into the first team eventually over to Europe, you know, for professional careers. And they're like, it's, it's, it's football, like it's soccer or it's the favelas. And I'm like, damn, no wonder Brazil is such a factory of like talent. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Here it's like soccer or I'll go to university, or if that doesn't work, I'll just work with my parents. Or if that doesn't work, I'll just live with my parents and get checks from the government. Or if that doesn't work, you know, whatever. So I, I think like the the standards that a lot of North Americans live by just like shockingly low. And it's hard to get out of that when like you can put food on the table and like you have a roof over your head. It, it's a tough place to be. And it's something that I think I've battled with over the years because you get to a point where you you have everything. It's like, how do you get to the next level? So it's just, it's interesting. Dude, I love it. That's so insightful. Cause that's like the whole point of this show too, is being all in, you know? And how can you be all in when you've got a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan? Yeah. How can that work? It just doesn't yeah. because you're thinking the others are okay. And if you're thinking yeah, exactly. the others are okay, there's no way you're ever going to achieve what you really want. Yeah. You know, or like another way we see this is, <clears throat> you know, we'll typically... Uh, like our business model is, you know, people come into our world, we have a, an enrollment call with them. And then like, if it's a good fit, we move to the next step of, of working together. And, you know, there are people that are like, well, how do I know this is going to work? What's the guarantee? And we don't have a guarantee. I mean, we do. Our guarantee is that you're the guarantee, right? So if you want this to work, you make it work. We're not a done for you agency. You have to do the work. We'll be with you every step of the way. But it's almost like I want to learn how to swim, but I'm not willing to get in the water. You know, or I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk onto the airplane, but where's the exit door? You know, they're already looking for the exit before they step on the plane. And I'm like, listen, people who are all in, they don't even ask those questions because they believe in themselves to figure it out. And that's the fundamental mindset, I think, between people who succeed in any aspect of life versus other people who don't. And then like point fingers at, you know, other people. Right on. Ed Milet talks about it as like the, your internal thermostat. You know, and there's these cycles that you go through. I don't know if you've ever heard him talk this way. It's in a lot of his yeah. talks, but you know, you set the thermostat level. I've never mentioned on the show before in 250 something episodes, but you set the thermostat level. You know, if you set it at 72 where it's nice, cool and comfortable, right? That's where you're going to stay, you know, but then something happens to where the thermostat gets a little bit lower and like, oh crap, I got to heat things up, you know, because you sit, you get to that point to where you could be rock bottom and then you turn it up to 95, you know, and then you get up there and you're crushing it and you keep going after everything possible, you know, and nothing's standing in your way. You achieve, you know, the billion dollar company or whatever it is, but then you start to get comfy and the thermostat level goes back down a little bit, you know, and, and you go through these cycles because you cool off a bit because you get fat, dumb and happy you know, in these yeah. moments, you know, but those who really succeed at life that are all in keep that thermostat level up there, you know, and I think it's human too, because I, I've dipped a little bit here and there just because of things, you know, you get comfortable, you turn, when you turn the heat off, that's when things start to slow down. That's when mm -hmm. things start to become actually more of a struggle because you can't ride that momentum anymore. 
Oh, yeah, it's I, I've seen, you know, like, like this right here, dude, you're feeding me today, you know, cause I feel like your thermostat is high. Like mine is, you know, and, and I, I like that you have to be around people like that. Get around people that have a higher thermostat level than you yeah. in order to keep yours up there and be like, Oh, Oh, okay. I gotta, I gotta kick this up. You know, and yeah. I think that's the only way you can achieve helping a half a million people to better health too. You know, do you think that it, you said something about rock bottom and everybody has a different rock bottom, right? Do you think that in order to m start that journey to better health, that you have to have a rock bottom moment first? Maybe. I mean, I lost my hair when I was 17 to an autoimmune condition. So that's why I don't have any hair. Um, that was a big kind of wake up call for me. So I was, you know, I was fit because I played soccer at a very high level, but I wasn't healthy. And I thought, oh, I could just go to McDonald's before a soccer game. It's fine. Like I'm an invincible teenager, right? And I still say, I mean, I still think a lot of people in their 20s and 30s do things that they think they can get away with. And then as soon as 40 hits, it starts to catch up. So we see a lot of people in that like 40-year-old range start to be like, oh shit, like what happened to my midline, my, my waistline? I used to be a lot thinner. And it's like, yeah, you put on one pound a year for the past 15 years. That's 15 extra pounds just by drinking one Coke a day or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's like for a lot of people, it's a slow boil. And we don't realize that the temperature is increasing and we get comfortable with that. Versus if you put on 15 pounds overnight, you'd be like, what the hell just happened? So, I mean, I think unfortunately humans are very much reactive in terms of this is bad. I have to change it now as opposed to preventive. And I do think, I think there, there is a little bit of a difference too. So I think there are those, and maybe we're all the same, but just maybe in different levels of our journey where we have that initial moment. So when I lost my hair when I was 17, that was a little bit of a rock bottom moment. And it started to really prompt me into, well, why did this happen? Let's figure it out. I probably would not be what I'm doing now if that, you know, if that didn't happen. So it was a blessing. Um, and at the same time, I think, you know, we all have those rock bottom moments in our lives. And at, at some point, for some people, I think it changes to, I'm not living to my highest potential. So it's no longer about going from suffering to okay. It's about, I'm a high performance individual and I'm not at the standard that I've, I know I can, I can be at. Hmm. And I think I've noticed the difference there fundamentally where you could call it, you know, you could call it a rock bottom moment. I don't know if it really is, but I think there are some individuals who have such a high vision for themselves that anything less is unacceptable. So they're almost like optimizers as opposed to those who are suffering and just kind of getting to, to normalcy, if that makes sense. Yeah, it sure does, man. I'm tracking with you on this. That, that's intriguing to me. Now you lost your hair at 17. Is that yeah. an anchor point for you right now to, to where you can see yourself every day and keep your thermostat at a high setting because of that? Um, not really, to be honest. I mean, I, I came to terms with it a long time ago. So when I was 17, it, it got me into pursuing studies in kinesiology and then later holistic nutrition. I actually regrew my hair after kind of cleaning things up uh, in terms of internally. And then about 10 years ago, I got a tetanus booster and my hair fell out again two weeks later. So huh. whatever. But for like when that happened again, at that moment, I had, you know, quite a significant following in my first health business. And I started to feel a significant amount of shame because I'm like, I'm this health guy, right? And I'm 
here I am like losing my hair again, looking like whatever, I'm going through cancer or chemo or whatever. And for two years, I actually painted on fake eyebrows with my wife's makeup, Mm. just out of shame. I'm like, this is not who I am. I'm going to paint on some fake eyebrows, which by the way, looked like ridiculous. <laughs> and I just played that. Tri- it was, I'm like, there are YouTube videos, dude, hundreds of YouTube dude, there's videos. Better ways. Other- Believe me, there's better ways. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so I'm, I'm like, a yeah, joke I'm about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's, it's all good. Like I, it's, it's only hair. Right. But at the time I, I felt this sense of like, I had to put a mask on because I was worried about what other people would think. Right. Because I was supposed to be this health guy and here I am dealing with my stuff. And it took me two years. And like, I'm talking about like, I didn't even want to sweat in my workouts. I couldn't swim with my kids because I thought it was going to run off. It was just ridiculous. So two years it took me until the point where I was like, F this, I'm done. And so I literally woke up one morning, threw the makeup out and then just, this was it. And I remember one of the scariest moments of my life, which is kind of weird saying this, like was shooting a YouTube video, like my coming out. Yeah. And I'm very, you know, I'm finding on stage and on video. And for some reason, this really was, was challenging for me. But the thing that I realized in that process was as soon as I took off the mask and just revealed, you know, here I am, number one, I accepted myself. And number two, I gave a lot of other people permission to just be okay with who they were. And not to say that like you shouldn't constantly be growing to get better, but like, there's nothing wrong with you, you know? Um, in the sense of what you might think is wrong, like worrying about what other people think or et cetera. So in terms of like the hair loss being kind of a, a pivotal reference point in terms of my thermostat, not so much, but it, it got me on the journey to where I am now. And obviously, you know, the businesses that I've built, but I, I think more so it's, and I think Ed Mylett actually references this too. Like I have a vision for what I can be and I know where I am. Yeah, and that yeah. that that gap, like, eats at my. I shouldn't say eats at my soul because, like, whatever it is, what it is. But like, that's that's what drives me forward. Is I don't want to leave this planet leaving anything on the table. You know, I want to get to my real self whenever we meet up and say, like, "Hey, good job." As opposed to like, dude, what happened the last 30, 40 years? Right? You were like, you could have been here, and, and this is where you stayed. So, you know, for me, that's what it's all about personally, and. I, I, I set up little games in my life to put an immense amount of pressure on myself in a healthy way to keep me pushing forward so I can make that happen as opposed to being like, things are good because they are, right? But I don't want to stay at good. I love that, man. You're, you're so deep in everything. Obviously, you, you've had a lot of time to reflect and go through this, a lot of things you've been through. I'm going to go really shallow for a minute. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to shave? No. So I... I there was a time of period where like there was a period of time where I did have to shave a little bit. So like a little bit of hair would pop up here and there or like a little bit of around yeah, my say, face. Like facial but, hair. Do you not have to shave? Yeah. So I, I had that, I had the facial hair and the eyebrows. And so I went through that. And then when I lost everything again, it was pretty much like, well, there goes the, the Mach three turbo razors. No need for that. So currently I haven't had a shave for many years. That's like a freaking blessing, man. No joke. It's, I mean, it's I, I keep nice. a beard, you know, but I lost, uh, I lost my beard trimmer in Vegas just a couple of days ago too, you know, so I've, I've been struggling since I picked up, you know, some cheap thing from Walgreens, which is okay. But, you know, I've always thought it's like, you're, you're my hero right now because I've always wished that I could just stop this in place at some point in time. You know, that's, it's that's incredible. 
Yeah, it's a, the only thing it's the only thing that's not convenience is sweating. So because there's no protection from the eyebrows, uh, yeah, I almost have to wear one of those like ghetto 1970 headbands sometimes just to prevent the sweat from coming into my eyes. Dude, but, that's sick. That's I mean, awesome. That's retro. You know, yeah, who cares, right? Yeah, we need to make some now. We need to make some all-in headbands. That would be that would be pretty kick-ass. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I so, told you I was going to go shallow for just a minute. You know, and usually we're yeah. pretty deep. Yeah. How about some more shallowness? What do you say? Two McLarens. No, I'm kidding. I I, I love McLarens. No, we can go there. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about that. I know. Yep. I was making a joke about that because I mean that. I, how do you look at those things? Because it. Well, we've talked about you know the different things like the the awards and everything. You know, being milestones or trophies or or whatever. You know, are, are McLarens that way for you? Pretty much. Yeah. I I'm they very, might be. very, yeah. Like I'm very clear that they don't make me happy. Right. Like, and I've always been, I'm like, this is not, I, I will be happy when I have this. It's almost, um, you know, it's like, if, like, if you're, if you're an athlete, like you, you want to win, but you don't play the game because you want to win. You play the game because you love the game and you just happen to win. Here's a trophy. Awesome. And so for, for me, you know, the McLarens are like, I believe that we're on this planet to just fully enjoy it. Yeah. But as, as part of that process, like these are only a reflection for me of the impact that I've created in other people's lives. And I think this is a fundamental thing that some people have an issue with is like, Oh, you're like one of those rich guys who have, I'm like, no, I'm not like the reason I have this is because of the businesses that I've built, which were only built to the level they were and are because of the number of people that I've helped. So for me, it's like money got it. is yeah. direct byproduct of serving other people. If I don't help others, I don't make money. I don't have the McLaren. So the McLaren for me was number one, I took it for a drive a couple of years ago and I was like blown away by how like incredible it was. And it's I'm pretty like, I never, awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I never even had it on my radar until I drove it. And then I was like, I'm going to have this car. And then I got very yeah. clear about the type of car, I, like uh, the package, whatever. So What's interesting in that process was, you know, I, you know, I think we get to like, for me, I've gotten to points in my business where things were good. Right. And then I'm like, what's the real, like, what's going to keep me driving here? And the honest truth, like I talk about like my higher self and like wanting to meet up with that and being the fullest version of myself, which is true. I obviously want to impact a tremendous number of people and improve their lives, help their businesses, which is very true. But at the same time, I've realized like we have to do things that viscerally get us out of bed in the morning because if we're not viscerally attached to something, it's not, there's not going to be as much, as much juice there. When I was viscerally attached to get in that car, like I set the intention, I had the vision, et cetera. I was more motivated, you know, during that time that I had been previously. And that was kind of like, I use that to latch onto like, this is going to keep me going. Like, doing more than I normally would have otherwise, but I'm not chasing that. I'm like, I'm using that as my, it's the boat. I'm on, I'm on the, whatever the, <laughs> the skis on the, that's the water boat or the, yeah, the boat. Yeah. I'm just going to let that pull me. But I'm also very, very clear that the only way I'm getting there is by increasing what I'm able to do for other people. And so that was kind of like my visceral, like, I'm really, I want to do this thing, not because of the car. It's just like the trophy. And it was that extra juice that as a byproduct allowed me to create more impact in people's lives. And then because of that, that was the trophy. And that's kind of how I look at that stuff. It's like, it doesn't make me happy. I love going for drives and yeah, they're not necessarily the best use of money, but at the same time, if you're 
if you're worrying about gas prices, you shouldn't be buying these cars, right? Yeah, no so, joke, especially right now. What yeah, is it in Canada? Like, I just had this conversation with a Canadian that works for me the other day. What is gas in Canada right now? 210 a liter. 210 so, a liter, yeah. So I guess multiply that by four for a gallon, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like around eight, eight something. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. then that's also, the, I mean, there's the difference between uh, Canadian dollars and U.S. dollars too, you know, because in U.S., you know, I was just in L.A. Uh, yesterday or two days ago. I'm in Chicago, you know, and, and gas is around $7 a gallon, you know, is what we're paying in those two large cities right now. So it's it's roughly yeah. the same. You know, there's spots, yeah. there's spots, I think the U.S. average is 4.49 or something. We just hit another record the other day. But the, this hmm. ties back into our conversation. It really does, you know, because if you're if you're concerned about those things, like concerned about gas prices, like my I have an Aston, right? But my my daily driver is a BMW X7M. You know, it, for the first time ever last year, it was like sixty bucks to fill it up. I didn't buy it because I was concerned about how much it would cost in gas, and today it costs yeah. one hundred and fifty dollars to to fill it up. Difference, yeah, 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 big difference. I don't drive too much. However, the thing about all this stuff is that that doesn't matter so much to me because if you have these anchor points that are in the future, like you're setting, if it's a car, if it's uh, if it's a watch, because I use watches as milestones Mm -hmm. when I achieve something like it's like when I get there, I'm buying this because it's that anchor point, and that's just a, a symbol of everything I've been able to do for everybody else along the way. Yeah, it's totally. not about caring about the gas. The money will come. I mean, it's 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 served first, and the money will follow. Yeah, and it's like you love you love the game. I, I mean, obviously, I, I have this feeling like you love the journey of of doing what you do, of being in business. Yeah, you That's call it a, you called it a game first. It is a journey. You're, I think you're more dead on when you say it's a game as well, 100%. because it's like you got to figure this out. You got to compete. You got to freaking compete against yourself. In order to be better for other, in order to be better for other people, you have to compete against yourself. Hundred percent, yeah. And it's it's like a marathon that never ends, you know. And just be like, okay, cool. Like I'm. There's no finish line. The finish line is when you're dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, and just like, and I and I and I tell my clients this. You know, we're very upfront with people. This is the hardest thing you're going to do. We're not helping you build a side hustle. We're helping you build a legitimate seven figure coaching business, and it's going to be hard. You're going to learn new skills that you haven't mastered yet, which is going to be hard. There are going to be times where you get punched in the face and you want to give up and we're going to pull you right back up and then you're going to get punched again. We're going to get you right back up again. And that's going to keep going for a long time. So how committed are you to building this future you want? Because I'll tell you, it's a million percent worth it, but it's, it's hard, right? For sure. So is raising kids. So is doing anything. (laughs) Right on. Right. I appreciate that you brought up what you're doing too, because I mean, that's your main focus is helping people build coaching businesses right now. Yeah, and yeah. that's at you know, healthpreneurgroup.com. I, I want to send people there, but you have something called the, this is a good segue to, to kind of encapsulate. We've had a great philosophical and inspirational discussion so far. You know, a lot that listen, want to do exactly what you're teaching. And it's important. You have something called the perfect client pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. Can you describe that please? Yeah, so it's the acquisition system, i.e. business model, we teach all of our clients. So it's very, it's a four-step business model that first and foremost, 95% of our revenue is generated from for our business. And then we actually help our clients do the same thing. So we actually walk the talk. It's really simple. Um, we believe in paid acquisition. So we help our clients and obviously ourselves uh, leverage Facebook and Instagram paid ads, not posting videos all day long. We invite them to an online masterclass, webinar, you know, whatever you want to call it. From there, the right people fill out an application and then they speak with, you know, you on the phone. 
And so those are the four steps. And it's not like we invented that, but I'd say we perfected it because, you know, we've done it ourselves. We spent almost five figures a day on Facebook ads. Yeah, We've helped our clients generate more than $217 million in their businesses. And the thing is like a lot of people come to us because they like the simplicity of that because we help them build the system. We help them build the skills and we give them more support than they'll know what to do with. And the alternative is, you know, I'm not, I don't want to ever knock anyone or speak poorly of anyone, but there's a lot of complexity in building businesses, especially online. There's a lot of different things we could do. Posting on social media, blogging, YouTube videos, podcasting. And I've done all that stuff. I've been in business online since 2005 and I've done all of that stuff. So I can speak from real world in the trenches experience where it's like, none of that stuff is wrong. But the difference is that most people are, are riding a horse and buggy. We're just giving you the supercar, right? You're gonna get there eventually if you have enough determination. We're just helping you get there faster, but it's not gonna be easy, right? It was like, we're giving you the simpler routes. We'll get there faster. And it's just what vehicle do you want to be driving, right? So that's uh, in a nutshell what it is we do. I love it. You're like, I already have two McLarens. I'm asking you to be in the passenger <laughs> seat, okay? <laughs> I'll get you there quicker. Yeah. That's cool, brother. Man, th- th- amazing, amazing. Thanks for going deep with me, me today, too. Just absolutely incredible. Healthpreneurgroup.com. That's where everyone can find you, right? Instagram is just healthpreneur. Yuri yeah. Elkame. Did I pronounce it right? You got it. Wow, I did. Woo! I, I know you're, well, Yuri is Yuri. Brother, thank you for being on. You're awesome. And you. uh, that's all I got to say, dude, because you're amazing. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it, man. You too.